engage with you. And God, we just thank you that your presence is in this place, Lord. Your presence is indeed in this house. And we just take a second to acknowledge, Lord God, your presence here. We take a Take just a moment, Lord God. We just take a moment to, to welcome you, Holy Spirit, because we know that, Holy Spirit, you indeed are here. We just, need to, we just need to look at you, Lord. We just need to look at you. And we just look at you right now by being present. We fixate our eyes on you, Lord. And God, I just thank you for the good work that you are doing in our midst right now, Lord Jesus. And I pray uh, for each and every one of us. Would you give us the grace to partner with you? I thank you for uh, those that have been here for, for years, Lord Jesus, as well as those that have stepped in our doors a minute ago. Uh, I just thank you, Lord God, that, that there is an upgrade for each and every one of us, Lord God, that you want to give us today, Lord. God, I, I ask you, would you propel us, Lord, into a, an encounter with you, Lord Jesus, because that's what we're here for today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Uh, as Ryan was uh, saying, I've been attending the ARC uh, since 2008. And so, like many of us, uh, I was attracted here because I was, uh, number one, inspired by the core uh, values of the church. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I love the worship. I love, uh, I also love the teaching. And uh, so I was attracted to the ark uh, because of these reasons. And actually, raise your hand if, if, if that's you. You love the worship, you love the teaching, and that's why you're here. Amen. And so... One thing I want to say is, even though I was attracted here because of the teaching and the worship, I stuck around. I hear a lot of laughing. <laughs> is, is, no? I'm just naturally being funny? Okay, all right, got it. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, <laughs> they're laughing with me, not at me. All right. Um, but I was, attracted to the, I was attracted to the art because of the teaching and the worship, but I stuck around because of community. And uh, now... I stuck around for 10 years, and I want to say it, it wasn't always easy. It wasn't easy at first, uh, but at the same time, you know, uh, it, was, it was definitely worthwhile. And at the ARC, I found a lot of people that I would consider my lifelong friends. And uh, something else that I found out at the ARC was uh, my wife, Ining. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, actually, uh, in case you didn't know, Ining and I have a lot of fun together. Uh, <laughs> we have tons of fun. Uh, we have so much fun that we decided to invite a tiny human to, to join our party. <laughs> we call that tiny human Joan. And uh, actually, it's funny because she actually, uh, there she is right there being lifted up. <laughs> um, this girl parties so hard that, uh, that we can't catch up and keep up with her. Uh, in fact, uh, just last night we were invited to a wedding banquet and uh, Enoch and I couldn't make it, but Joni did. She didn't even come back till like 10 p.m., so, so she's, uh, she's the party animal. Uh, but anyways, um, you know, without the ARC, I wouldn't have uh, met my lifelong friends and wouldn't have met Enoch, and let alone, I wouldn't have uh, my daughter, Joni, right? Uh, but anyways, I really appreciate what we're building here at the ARC. And, uh, you know, to begin my message, I actually want to connect, uh, connect to Ryan's uh, last sermon and what I really liked was that he was encouraging us to start with the assumption that we're not living in a perfect world. And why is that important? When, whenever we come across unfavorable circumstances or imperfect uh, people or challenges in relationship, you know, um, we're, we're not going to be dumbstruck by, by those moments, right? Because we do ex expect those moments, right? And so I'm encouraged that we're trying to build a faith here that is, that is hardy, that is weather-resistant. And I like that. You know, because Jesus promised that, you know, we're, we're building our foundation on what? Rock, not sand, right? And so, uh, actually, 
a quick little uh, story. Uh, you know, Christina Boyles, who's, uh, who's a, a good, dear friend of ours and also uh, my boss, <laughs> she, said, she said something uh, during uh, staff quiet time. And if you guys know uh, uh, the Boyles, you know, uh, they, they've been going through this challenge with uh, reoccurring illness with, with the kids. And that could be difficult on any parent. But you know what was really remarkable to me? Christina came and she uh, was sharing, you know what, I made a decision, guys. I made a decision that I'd rather be tired, exhausted, yet hopeful than tired, exhausted, and discouraged, right? Mm, stop, stop and just marinate on that. So that, that was a really profound statement. And what I came to understand was, you know what? The fruits of the Spirit become more striking when we're in trying circumstances. Actually, when we're in trying circumstances and we have the fruits of the Spirit, love, peace, patience, kindness, right? All those things, self-control, in trying circumstances, that's when the fruits of the Spirit become more striking. So anyways, um, with that being said, I want us to just explore something. And I'm not in my sermon yet, but I just want to explore that, you know, a large part of our goal in life is to become more and more like Christ. Amen? And in fact, actually, you could argue that that's our single goal in life, is to become more and more like Christ. Um, and so if that's the case, then anytime we're becoming the right kind of person in life, we're actually making headway. Amen? So once again, I'm, I'm going to say that again. When we're becoming the right kind of people in life, we're making headway into, I guess, our, our destiny, our calling, right? And so what... If that's the case, what can we consider as opportunities in our life? What can we consider as opportunities in our life? We could consider opportunities when, I guess, we have favorable circumstances as well as trying circumstances, right? We can consider uh, these as opportunities when we have favorable relationship encounters as well as difficult, challenging relationship encounters, right? And so, and, and everything in between. And so all these actually serve to become opportunities uh, uh, for us. And it's not just that we're doing stagnant character building, because I know we're like, yeah, revival. We want to accomplish something. We want to do something. But the cool thing is, when we become the people that we are called to become, you will by nature fulfill the calling that you are called to accomplish or assigned to do, whatever you want to say. It. So God works all things, right, for the good of those who love him, right? And God makes all things possible what man... Uh, considers impossible, right? Amen? And so, you know, even, even, you know, I know Steph Curry, you know, his slogan is like, I, we could do all, I could do all things through Christ, and then, you know, without being said, like, you know, implying, right, that uh, through, through Christ that, that strengthens us. When we see Paul, when he was talking about this, he was, he was talking about being content with much or little. It was more about him being the right kind of person in a trying or great circumstance, right, that Christ has empowered him to be than him accomplishing remarkable feats, right? Although he does accomplish remarkable feats, right? Uh, God through him, right? Amen? So, jumping into the sermon, how, how do we grow into becoming the right kind of people in life, right? How do we mature? How does fruitfulness develop in our lives? And we know that fruitfulness happens when we what? Abide in the vine, right? Amen? So then I must ask, what does abiding look like? How do we get connected with God's love? So if I were to, just a really quick illustration, if I were to ask all of us, okay, let's, let's uh, take the next hour, right, and go and abide in God's love, okay, what would that look like? What would you guys do? Raise your hand, okay, if you will, I guess, uh, 
find a comfy nook, pull out your Bible, and just and read the scripture. Nobody? Okay. Okay. All right. Good. Good. All right. Raise your hand if you would. Uh, I guess go outside and do a prayer walk, or sit in here and just uh, you know pray to the Lord. Amen. That's a great way of connecting, Lord. Uh, raise your hand if you would actually just let the worship team continue playing and and uh, and just bask and worship the Lord. Raise your hand. If that's you. Okay. Three piece combo. A variation of the three. Amen. Yeah. So to help us answer that question, okay, what does abiding look like? Uh, we could observe the words of uh, a special individual that we see in the Bible, right? Uh, if I could have John 15. All right. If you, be, if you can't guess who that special individual is, it is Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, so in John 15, <laughs> I used to be a classroom teacher. Uh, so let's, I'm going to read this. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear even more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branch, branches are gathered, thrown into a fire, fire and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. This, this is always remarkable because as, fa- as the Father who is who? God, right? Has loved me, Jesus, who is God. <laughs> I have loved you. Jesus has loved us. So as much as God has loved God, God has loved. That always baffles my mind, right? Um, abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be with you, and that your joy may be full. And Jesus' joy is such a joy that he was able to endure the cross, right? He was able to endure the cross set before him. So, anyways, let's pause right there for a second before moving into the next portion. So Jesus sets it up, right? How do we abide in Jesus' love? And here Jesus says what? Obey my commands, right? My, obey my commandments. So what does he say next? Okay, we have a clincher, right? Jesus, what do you command at this moment, right? Then he delivers, right? Then he delivers. Okay, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command you, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends, for that I have heard from my father... I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give to you. These things I have commanded you, so you will love one another. I'm going to stop right there and take a drink of water. All right. So for some reason, I've actually always read these two passages as two separate occasions, right? Jesus, on one hand, giving a teaching about abiding in him, right? 
And then Jesus giving in a teaching on another occasion, commanding his disciples uh, to, uh, to love one another, right? And as we can see, Jesus, as he was uh, delivering this message to his disciple, it was actually one message, right? He, he, actually, he actually points out that these uh, two, abiding in him and loving one another, are actually one and the same. So today, I'm actually trying to speak to our imagery of what it looks like to connect with God's love, right? And what true spirituality looks like, quote-unquote, right? So when you think of yourself exhibiting spiritual fervor or like or connecting with God, what, what, what imagery do you uh, have that comes to mind? If, I, if you were to hold fast, you know, you're like, I gotta hold fast to the vine, right, and stay connected to the love of, of Christ, you know, what, what does that look like? And so, a couple things, I know I, we had a couple examples where I raised your hand. Does that, does that mean that we discount, you know, the reading of the word? No, actually, you know, we're reading the word, and that's how we got here, right, in the first place. It informs us about, you know, how we live, how we are to live, right? It informs us about who God is, right? Does that discount, uh, you, um, you know, praying, right? Certainly it does not, right? Because praying is a powerful means to move the spiritual realms, right, and, and shift, shift, uh, shift uh, spiritual atmospheres, and it's a powerful means to cultivate the love of God, you know, in our hearts and love for other people in our hearts. And it's just a powerful way to just connect with the Lord. Um, do we discount worship, right? Well, you know, we, we talk about musical worship, and that's what happens here, but worship could look like all kinds of things in our lives, right? Including loving, uh, loving, uh, loving others, right? So once again, I'm not trying to discount these um, spiritual practices that always make it on top of the list, but I'm trying to expand, okay? I'm trying to expand what we consider con- connecting with, with God and what that could look what that could look like. And I'm trying to emphasize, right, what is being emphasized in this passage where Jesus is actually explicitly commanding us to do something, right? Jesus is making this uh, connection. So, if we have this understanding, when we come into this place of loving one another, you know, we should be anticipating something. We should be anticipating that, you know what? I'm about to connect with God here. I'm about to connect with God here, right? And so we're, I'm trying to speak to our recognition of this. So once again, to sum it up, abide in God's love, right? To be fruitful. Abide through the act of loving one another, okay? Laying our lives down for one another. Once again, so we, that we may be fruitful and our fruit will abide. And in that place, whatever we ask of God in Jesus' name, right? In Jesus' name, he will give to us. That's, that's for another sermon. Okay. So, um, I guess during quiet hours, not quiet hours, uh, office hours, and just, I guess, altar ministry and what, uh, we, we, we get this prayer request oftentimes, it's it, and, and uh, people ask, like, hey, I want to experience him, right? I want to feel God's love. I need help connecting with God's love more. I, I, don't, I don't feel him for some reason right now. And today, I actually want to give us uh, four recommended applications. And, I <laughs> and each one of those, we could certainly expand. But I guarantee if you apply these four, it will serve to propel you into experiencing God's love more. Right? So number one, um, actually, I'll give you guys like a summary overview, and then uh, I'll go into each one of these uh, just a touch. Number one, make it a practice to receive uh, love from others. Okay? 
Number two, make it a practice to love others. Number three, keep positioning yourself to allow both of these to keep happening in your life. Receiving love, giving love. You've got to position yourself. And number four, I want us to recognize and celebrate these moments as God moments when they do happen, right? Okay, so number one, make it a practice to receive love from others. Now, what happens if you don't feel like there's a lot of love coming your way to be received at the moment, okay? Does that mean that you can't connect with God's love? Well, I guess that's why we have altar ministry, so come up and get prayer, all right, from, from folks at the altar ministry, okay? We have office hours, come, schedule, uh, make an appointment, all right, get some time, okay? Maybe uh, join home group, that's available for you guys, right? Amen? Uh, and I'm sure you could also, all right, identify moments in the past where you have received love before, right? Relieve, uh, received uh, the kindness that somebody has extended uh, to you. And did you know that you could keep receiving a gift long after the fact that it's been given, right? So just as, just as unforgiveness, right? When we think about unforgiveness, why it is so detrimental and, and, and powerful in that way, when we harbor unforgiveness in our lives. Unforgiveness, after the damage has done, been done in your life, right? Okay, you allow it to keep happening, right? Even, even if the person that has done the damage to you, all right, has stopped doing that. Maybe they have passed away. <laughs> they, they, maybe they've passed away years ago. Somehow, right, you, you have opened a gateway, an avenue for them to keep, for that hurt to keep coming into your heart. Now, the reverse is also true, right? With, with gratitude. Gratitude is so powerful that even after the gift has been given to you, right, and has it been extended to you, you could keep receiving it, right? You keep opening your heart up like, oh. 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 Right? All right. <laughs> so, so that, that's why gratitude is, is powerful. <laughs> All right. Um, so the cool thing is that, you know, all of us have been loved by Christ, right? All of us have been loved by Christ, right? He's given us such a love that he's laid down his life for us, right? Have, have a one-liner. Do you guys want to hear it? <laughs> Sorry. In the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, it was eye for an eye. But in the New Covenant, it's son for a son. Ooh, yeah, okay. Anyways, all right. So anyways, we've been purchased, right? We've been purchased by Christ. Okay, um, all right. Number two, make it a practice to love others. Make it a practice to love others. So, you know, uh, when you, you've at least been received, you have at least have received the, the love of Christ, right? So it actually becomes a powerful declarative act, right, that you have received from Jesus when you do love from, from others, right? And so, um, well, how about this? I know like 50% of us don't know at least like, I don't know, 90%. There's, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of us that we don't, we don't know each other. But I, I, I want to give a shout out and a quick example even if you don't know anyone here, uh, actually, Andy Kelly, uh, I don't know if you guys remember when he first came to our church. Uh, he, came, he went around and had a, like a note, note paper and pen. You guys, you guys know what I'm referring to. And he went around and introduced himself and asked everybody what their prayer request is, right? And so then he could, on his personal time, get, you know, pray, for, pray for people, right? How much, Andy, is Andy here? No, he's not? I was going to ask him how much it cost. But anyways, all right. <laughs> so if you don't have money. Um, anyways, uh, but he spent his time. So, um, number three. Actually, I, I, I was hesitant to say this, but I'm going to just share this real quick. Um, 
even if you feel like you're in a low point, right, in your life, and you feel like you have nothing to offer. Actually, there's been uh, points in my personal life, uh, which I can't get into uh, because of time, uh, where I was like, man, God, life is challenging. Maybe it'd be easier if you just take me right now. It'd be pretty. And I'm sure a lot of us have felt that at some point or another, you know. And something I was like, man, you know what? A thought came in my, it's like, you know what? <laughs> if I could just go right now, you know, can I give my life to somebody else, right? Can I give my life to somebody else, right? Can I just die for an, another person because I'm going to die anyways? And then I'm like, oh, man, if I could die for somebody else, right, then I could probably live for somebody else, right? Um, and immediately, guess what happened? I actually felt better. <laughs> I felt better. Uh, so anyways, um, <laughs> make it a practice to love others. All right, number three, keep positioning. Keep positioning yourself to allow both of these to keep happening. Receive love, give love. Receive love, give love. Um, it's really hard to receive or give love if you're not around, right? If you're not around. So stick around, right? Uh, so stick around <laughs> in any relationship, right? Um, in any relationship, we'll, you'll have uncomfortable moments. And, you know, um, you know, even like with the most beautiful relationship that I have, right, with with, uh, I guess, the Lord and the second most beautiful relationship I have. <laughs> uh, the most, most powerful human relationship that I have. Beautiful. Okay, all right. <laughs> I just see her staring down the aisle. I'm like, make sure you get, get the words right. Uh, she's a word of affirmation person, so I got to make sure I... Um, you know, it gets difficult. There's moments... I mean, in fact, on the way here, we had uh, some, some friction. It's, but it's okay. It's okay. Uh, because when you get to the other end, it's, it's, it's well worth it, right? And uh, so that's the same thing within any of our relationships. Uh, number four, lastly, I want us to recognize and celebrate these moments as God moments, right? So just a really quick illustration in our personal life. Uh, when we first uh, had Joni, actually up until we had Joni and after we had Joni, uh, you know, we were actually so blessed by this, this community. Um, Aaron O uh, made a spreadsheet and people just fill in the times where they would come and contribute in their chores, contribute by feeding us, uh, just so many things. And um, people contributed like baby gear. We didn't even have to buy diapers for like a whole, whole year. Um, and uh, in fact, actually one time we woke up uh, and uh, we heard some rustling in the front of our house and we noticed that it was Daniel Alonzo and he was there like literally cleaning our house for like three hours. <laughs> and we didn't notice it because we were, we were so tired. We were, we were sleeping. But anyways, uh, I, can't, I can't give, you know, I can't give shout outs to everybody because that's like 50% of our church it felt like. Um, but what I do want to say is, oh, first of all, guess how it made us feel? At first, to be honest, it made us feel pretty uncomfortable at first, right? Um, we were like, wow, you know, how do we pay all these people back? Like, how do we pay all these people back? And we realized, actually, you know what? Actually, that's part of the point. We can't pay these people back. You know, it's, it's the unconditional love that we receive from our brothers and, and sisters. And for, the, for our brothers and sisters, they have the privilege... <laughs> They have the privilege of being God's manifest love, right, to us and in this world. So anyways, um, it, it does encourage us to, uh, to, to, to be the same. And, 
it's, it's crazy, because if you look at our community, you really don't have to dig far to find these moments. I feel like even this week, there's just so many things that are, there, there's another spreadsheet going out, right? Uh, there's just so many people, like, and these things are constantly happening for like the 10 years that I've, I've, I've been here. And, um, and one thing I do want us to do is acknowledge these as God moments. You know, these are God moments, right? These are moments that propel us into an encounter with him, and it is the encounter with him. And it's powerful evidence that God lives in our midst. Amen? Amen. All right, cool. Uh, the reason why we want to celebrate it is because uh, we, we want it to be repeated. Whatever we celebrate, you know, it tends to be repeated. And this is something that we've got right, and we're, and we're really good at, and I want us to continue that, right? Amen? Cool. There's not, there's not many places on earth that stuff like this kind of hap- this happens, you know? Uh, I was even sharing, like, to our... Um, Coworkers, you know, somebody came and just like clean up our yard when we were uh, off on vacation, and uh, and they're like, "What? That's that's church?" It's like, "Yeah, actually." And I keep giving an example. They're like, "Whoa, wow! This is how the world knows that we are Jesus' disciples." Amen. All right, let's bow our head and close in prayer. Uh, soft music, All right? Soft music. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> All right. Cool. Thank you, Jesus. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Lord. Uh, yeah, God, thank you, Lord Jesus, that, uh, that you are indeed in this house and living in this house. You indeed are living amongst us, Lord Jesus. And I thank you, Lord God, that that invitation goes to everybody. You say go and make disciples of all nations because you're... You're such a big father, Lord God, and you invite more children into your house, Lord God. You want that to keep going. So, God, I just thank you so much for that. And, uh, Lord, I, I just uh, I thank you, Lord God, for the upgrade that is taking place in our hearts, Lord Jesus, where we could celebrate these moments, Lord, and God, uh, and, and repeat these moments, Lord Jesus. And not just repeat these moments, but, Lord God, to receive it as, as you've intended it to, to connect with your love, to connect with your big Abba's heart, Lord Jesus. So, God, I just pray, Lord God, would you give us the grace to, to connect, Lord Jesus, through, through love, Lord God, abiding through love, Lord Jesus, so that we may be fruitful. And, God, that whatever I ask in your name, Lord Jesus, in the name of Jesus, who, who life, whose life has been laid down, laid down for one another, in that name, in that name, when we ask of you, Lord God, you will grant us anything, Lord Jesus, that, 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 that is on our hearts, Lord. So, Lord Jesus, uh, we thank you, Lord God, that you have given us uh, all of yourself. You have laid down uh, your life for us, Lord. You have given us all of yourself. So, Lord, we, we could pray, God, more of you. But, Lord Jesus, we could also pray, Lord God, have more of us, Lord. Have more of us. Have more of us. Have more of us, Lord. Have more of me, Lord. so thankful for you, man. I, uh, Joy wants us to clap for David. All right, there we go. <laughs> That's awesome. I feel like, uh, so Q, we're going to close with one song, and it's going to be more like celebratory stuff. 
So think, think, think fast. I do this to Steve all the time. Um, ask God for an answer. Uh, the thing that um, I was struck with amongst a number of things when, when David was sharing was uh, that last one about recognizing when a God moment has happened in your life. It's such a huge deal. I feel like we're being loved by God constantly and we recognize it, you know, a small fraction of the time, a lot of times. And so much about that passage in John 15 is he says, abide in me and I'll abide in you. But he says, in one part of it, he says, abide in my word. Another part of it, he says, abide in my love. And the word abide means to live in. It's to literally set up your house in. And I think if we're going to get into a place where we're living in Christ or we're living in his love and we're literally setting up our house in his love, it takes us having the awareness of the moments when he's extravagantly loving us in very practical ways. And I've started to realize for so many years, I asked like, man, I just want to encounter the love of God more. And I thought it was going to be this moment where I like closed my eyes and it was like, you know, lightning bolts through me and stuff. And like, I like that stuff. And I've had moments like that. But I also realized that it probably, I wonder if it kind of sounded ungrateful to the Lord. Like, do you realize that I'm loving you constantly? You know, do you realize when you have a morsel of food that that's provision from my hand? Do you realize when you walk to work and there's sun on your face that that's my provision of, you know, warmth and vitamin D and, (laughs) right? But I mean, it is like literally everywhere, even in the worship set today when we were worshiping, I was like, this is really like a miracle moment. You know, when do 150 people gather together and sing songs to their creator and worship him and in harmony? I mean, it's just like there's, there are constantly miracles around us all the time, every second. And when David was exhorting us of like recognizing those moments of the love of God in your life, that is like a, an endless practice that we should just determine our hearts. Like that is going to be something that I get amazing at. Like, I'm going to be somebody who's utterly thankful even for the smallest things. And I was thinking, you know, when I was in, in worship, I was thinking about, uh, I didn't know Clarissa was sitting behind me, but I was thinking about Ark early days. And I was thinking about praying with her. And I, I, I don't know why, but it came up. And I was just like, I remember those moments where I was praying with Clarissa on the third floor of the Ark house and how amazing of a prayer you are and how I enjoyed that so much. And I was just thinking about like things like that and so much joy was filling my being, realizing that that was a provision of the Lord. And so as we sing and we praise God and we close together, let's just recognize as we do so that the love of God is around us constantly. And part of abiding in his love is giving it to others. It's receiving it ourselves. It's participating in this thing that God has going on the earth where, yes, there's like, you know, I've been reading G.K. Chesterton. For any, like, kind of like apologetic nerds out there, he is so legit. Um, He was the spiritual father of C.S. Lewis. Um, And he talks about the earth as uh, he gives the metaphor of a shipwreck, where you kind of show up and you can see the beauty that once was everywhere, kind of on the, you know, like on the beach almost. And you go like, oh, wow, like, what is that instrument you know, and you go, oh, wow, there's like such a majesty that was there that you can tell, but you can also tell the fracture. You know, you can see both at once is the idea. 
And I think it's, it's usually easy for us to see the fracture of the shipwreck, but to see the beauty everywhere and to understand that it's speaking of such a greater beauty that existed before the wreck happened and will exist again, I think it's just something that we can just like live in and rejoice in. And so let's stand together. Let's get lost in the majesty of even just singing together that we have voices. God gave us voices to worship his great name that he gave us each other to stand next to, to praise with, that he gave us strength in our lungs and breath, that he gave us minds that are sharp to be able to point, point them towards him. And let's just, let's, just get, uh, let's just get into the love of God here. And if you, uh, if you would like prayer, there's going to be some prayer folks up front, so come on forward and grab some prayer. But we're going to sing one kind of song to close and just get uh, lost in the majesty of who he is and recognize this as one of those God moments that David was talking about.